It's November 30th, 2022. Time for the Wednesday Hump Day edition of Sports Day, Sports Wagon Podcast. Check your programs. Check your scorecards, kids. This is episode 190. So we are officially on countdown alert. Hit them air horns. We are working our way to episode 200. So it's here, but I don't know when it's going to happen. And I'm excited about it, but here's the thing, guys. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But anyway, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. We're going to start today with the World Cup. So a number of uh, developments have occurred uh, in World Cup play today. So we have four games today. Uh, We'll go from top to bottom. Australia over Denmark, one to nothing today. Um, Tunisia, one nothing over the defending champions, France. Um, Mexico, this, so we actually go a little bit out of order for a second. Mexico beat Saudi Arabia 2-1. to one. So the reason I went out of order here is the game that I'm about to talk about, Argentina-Poland, affected Mexico. Argentina shut out Poland 2-0. Both uh, Argentina and Poland advanced in Group C. Mexico's eliminated. So um, we we're starting to see all this kind of flesh out uh, with the uh, group play because I think group play will start... I believe on Saturday. So it's going to, you know, we're going to get narrow it down to group, I'm sorry, knockout stage rather. We're going to narrow it down to knockout stage and we're going to start seeing this thing flesh out uh, very, very soon. Tomorrow's action, Canada versus Morocco, Croatia versus Belgium, Costa Rica versus Germany, and Japan versus Spain. We'll move over to college basketball. We'll start with the ladies first. Last night, South Carolina over UCLA 73-64. Aaliyah Boston 18 points, 10 rebounds. Charisma Osborne with 24 for the Bruins. So this game, South Carolina had to fight back. I mean, UCLA gave them all they could handle. UCLA led 31-27 at the half. This game was tied at 47 after three quarters. Um, Now, from a Statistical standpoint, South Carolina was abysmal from behind the arc. Seven percent. I want to say the exact number, seven point one. You know, we you know we'll talk about we we do significant figures here. I mean, if you want to call it that, but we dropped the one seven percent. I mean, no matter how you slice it, seven percent is terrible. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball, South Carolina had ten, uh, 15 blocks. So, um, so South Carolina had to you know, work a little hard. Now that's again. You know, they're still the team to beat, but they are vulnerable. So uh, we'll kind of see, you know, what's next for for the uh, for the Gamecocks uh, very shortly tonight. So both the men and the women are both in ACC Big Ten, uh, Big Ten action, ACC Big Ten challenge. So for the ladies, number four, Ohio State visits the Yum Center in Louisville to take on number 18 Cardinals. That game is on uh, ACC Network at 730. Thursday night, number six, UNC visits number five, Indiana. That game will be on Big Ten Network at 6 p.m. Number 20, Maryland visits the Joyce Pavilion to take on number seven, Notre Dame, 630 ESPN2. Then same channel, 830. Number 12, NC State heads to Iowa City, Carver Hawkeye Arena to take on number 10, Iowa. For the men, so they are in, as we mentioned, ACC Big Ten challenge mode last night. Number three, Virginia. Woo, man. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw probably about probably about 10 minutes of this game, and then the other 10 minutes plus a little bit of halftime was watching me. These 930 tip-offs are something else. Um, now, come tournament time, I'm a little more juiced up, you know, 
there's a little more daylight. Like so right now, you know, I'm driving home. It's about 4.30 in the afternoon, almost about 4.40. And, you know, it's cloudy today, but the sun is going down. So, yeah, I got a little less energy right now. And I hate the fact that it's dark by 6 o'clock. So, last night, that 9.30 tip-off did not work for me. However, Virginia wins 70-68. Reese Beekman leads the Cavaliers with 18. Hunter Dickinson, the big man for Michigan, had 23. Michigan led this game by 11 at the half. And the one intriguing thing about this game, or just kind of fascinating, is that both teams shot the ball very well. So this um, 138 points between these two teams isn't surprising considering that Virginia shot 51% for the field, Michigan shot 53%, and Virginia shot 50% from the three-point line and 42% from the three-point line for Michigan. So you're looking at two teams that shot it pretty well from three and for Virginia this is the thing that they really really needed last year they you know again didn't shoot terribly well overall as a team but to shoot 50% I think right now I believe they are around 47 42 to 47% as a team currently so um, above their average for that particular game so it's gonna push the numbers a little bit but they're shooting much, much better um, from the three-point line. So, again, this, I think, makes Virginia a very dangerous team. I mean, again, it's still early. Um, I think the real test here, I mean, they've got Houston coming up. So, a potential, I, depends on how the polls run, this could be a 1-2 matchup or this could be a 1-3 matchup, however you, however you look at it. But it's going to be a big uh, top three matchup regardless in Charlottesville, I think in about a week or so from now. So this is going to, I mean, you know, JPJ is going to be filled to the top and then some as the number one Cougars come to town. And I forgot to mention that Fox Slamma Jamma, the, the Houston Cougars, this is the first time they've been number one since 1983. So if you were around then, like I was, <laughs> shut up. Um, I remember those days and that 83 team, you know, uh, amongst some of the best in college basketball, you know, you got the great names uh, that you can associate with that team and that program, but it's going to be a great matchup. And I think Virginia is getting tested uh, very well um, to start this and they're, and they're answering the bell. Now, again, they're not going to come up to par at some point and it's fine. But again, what most coaches will tell you this time of year, especially in basketball, this is the time of year you're trying to work it all out. You're trying to you know, get better because you want to be playing your best basketball in March without question. Um, another action, Marquette over number six, Baylor. Yes, you heard that. Marquette over number six, Baylor. Where to hear the score? 96 to 70. The Warriors of Marquette shot 35 of 60. That is a whopping 58%. And they shot 48% from three and 93, 93% from the free throw line. So what does that mean? We've all seen it. Maybe we've experienced it. If you play basketball, you you see a team or you play a team, everything they throw at the basket goes in. And when you have those nights, what do you do? You just play defense and just get through it because there's not much stopping that team. I mean, the ball, the, 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 the basket looks like the, the ocean. That's how, you know, how much or how efficiently the ball is going through the hoop. So, I mean, there was no stopping Marquette in the upset of number six Baylor. But to counter that or to couple with that, Baylor turned the ball over 20 times. I mean, again, we all know the effects of turnovers. But again, even if you turn the ball over five or six times, 
you really can't do a whole lot with the fact that the team shot upwards of 50%. Now, if they had shot the um, turned the ball over less, again, that's less what? Less points in transition, less points off turnovers. But that would probably only close the gap uh, a little bit. What did we say? It was 96 to 70. So what? That closes the gap maybe by... 10 to 15 points maybe so it's still a loss regardless but congratulations to Marquette that's a big big win for them so we'll see what Marquette will do I believe they are in the Big East these days so we'll see what Marquette will do you know can they you know kind of keep going in that direction and maybe you know turn that win into another signature win and that all helps them with their NCAA resume uh, heading into March so for Marquette Olivier Maxwell Prosper. He had 24 points, and the Baylor Bears were led by L.J. Cryer. All right, let's move over to oh, so some uh, more men's actions. I was going to go to football, but I had more men's action. Um, more from the ACC Big Ten Challenge: Illinois over Syracuse, 73 to 44. The Orange got ran out. Well, the Syracuse Orange, because both teams are orange. But the Syracuse Orange got ran out of Champaign. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, I think, is one of the best names in college basketball. If you know, you know. Triple-double. 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. And the crowd went nuts when he got that, when he finally reached the triple-double stage. I mean, they just were just hooping and hollering there at Assembly Arena. Uh, Judah Mintz and Jesse Edwards both had nine points each for the Orange. Jesse Edwards kicked in 17 rebounds. So here's... Uncle Dub's unpopular opinion for the day. So, ready? It's time for Bayheim to go. I think I've been saying this for a while, but the team is three and four. I mean, they lost to Colgate, for goodness sake. I mean, again, I don't want to take anything away from Colgate. That's a big win. I'm sure Syracuse plays Colgate every year, and you know how it works. You know, Syracuse is usually the aggressor. You know, they're usually the better athletes, the better shooters, the, I, I mean, the, quote, better defense, if you want to kind of think of it that way. I mean, some folks will tell you the 2-3 defense is a little bit out of date and old school, and I don't have a problem with it. I mean... If it works for you, it works for you. Defense is defense. Defense travels, defense works. But I don't know, man. It's just like, I've talked about this. It's like Bayheim. It's like, it's just, dude, go live your life. I mean, you could retire, you could drop dead tomorrow or retire tomorrow and fall off a cliff. Just go enjoy your life. I mean, Syracuse basketball will be okay. You got one more national championship than in, than most coaches, so bro, let it go. But anyway, that's just that's just my unpopular opinion for the day. Feel how you want to feel about it. Don't at me. Um, number twenty-two, Maryland over Louisville, seventy-nine fifty-four. Here is a Louisville team in trouble. They are zero and seven. Do we hit the panic button? Maybe. Um, I'm still saying maybe because um, you know Kenny Payne, head coach, he's like, look, we're still working. We're still trying to get together. So, I mean, again, it's still early. We're talking a team's going to play potentially 30-some-odd games. They've only played um, not even a quarter of those games yet. So there's still time. But 0-7 for Louisville, you know, a program with their stature, the All-Americans, the, the, the national championships. You know, we usually like to see and are con- happy to see Louisville in the conversation. But 0-7 doesn't bode well for the ACC. 
That's all I'm going to say. Because, again, Florida State's down. Louisville's down. Um, you know, again, you know, Duke's going to do Duke things. Virginia's looking good. They're looking like a contender. Um, who else? So who's going to ring? Who's going to be that other team in the ACC is going to ring the bell? I mean, you know, Virginia Tech's the defending champs. Who knows what Clemson's going to do? Um, you know, Brownell, he got extended. Can they finally make something of this? And I've said this before, and I didn't know this I, from watching that uh, the uh, the ACC tournament um, documentary. Clemson's the only original member of the ACC that's never won the basketball title, which is nuts. I've, I've, they've been close. They've had some great players, but they just they just haven't finished the deal, which is absolutely insane. Um, Georgia Tech. I will get to Georgia Tech football in a moment. But I don't know, man. It's like their new their new athletic director, his name is J Bat. The letter J. Which I'm going, wait, is that short for something? No, it's J Bat. I'm thinking his name would be funny if it was A Bat. But anyway. Uh, 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 uh. So, um, but Pastner, again, this guy, <laughs> I mean, He's gotten chance after chance after chance, and Georgia Tech really just hasn't gotten back up to their level here. So here's a program that's been down, but not fully down. And you know, they've been the Final Fours, All-Americans. They've done big things in that program, and they brought Pastner in to bring it back, and it hasn't happened. So now, with a new athletic director, and we know, we've talked about this, how the new athletic directors feel about somebody they didn't hire. So keep your eye on Georgia Tech. If they don't pass muster in the ACC this season, does Pastner get the boot? We'll see. Um, tonight, the ACC Big Ten Challenge for the Men continues. Number 20, 25 Ohio State heads to Cameron to take on number number 12, 17. Is Duke 17? That can't be right. Anyway, I think it's number 7, Duke. Anyway, 715 ESPN, number 18 USC at number 10 Indiana. That game's on 915 on ESPN. And on ESPN 2, same time, number 20 Michigan State heads to Notre Dame. Thursday night, one ranked game of number 7 Creighton. So Duke is 12. Jeez, oh, that's right. They did lose a couple games. So, sorry, my... I was re- I studied my notes and then I have to kind of glance at them quickly and I go, is this number right? Anyway, Creighton, number seven. They visit the Moody Center in Austin to take on number two Texas. That game Thursday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, so we'll get uh, let's see, Monday night football. Sorry, Thursday night football. We're not talking about Thursday night football now, though it is Wednesday, but nothing really to talk about. We'll report the score on the Friday show. Let's get to college football before we get up out of here. So the CFP top four. So Georgia holds at number one. Michigan with their big win over Ohio State bumps up the spot to two. Texas Christian bumps up a spot to three. And Southern California, the Trojans fight on up two spots to number four. So we know that Sunday, this Sunday is going to be the final number four, the final uh, CFP ranking. So as we said, Championship Saturday is going to set the table for the CFP and the New Year's Six games. So right now, all four of these teams, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC are all in championship games. So again, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12. So looking at positions five and six, so kind of waiting in the wings. Ohio State drops three to five. 
Alabama bumps up one to six. So there are a lot of folks who are kind of under the impression or kind of under thinking that Alabama's done. I mean, listen, maybe. Now, again, there are obviously scenarios that could put Alabama back in this. I don't have the time nor the brain with nor the paper to try to go through every scenario. It's, it's just obscene. I'm sure someone has done it. Go find the weird website with the crazy football person. I'm sure, you know, they look like Charlie Day, the Charlie Day meme. Um, but here's what I'm thinking here. You got four teams playing for championships in the top four. I really think TCU and USC are your most vulnerable teams. So let's say those two teams, because look, I think Georgia's good. I think Michigan's good. I'm not going to say Purdue. Purdue is no slouch, but I don't know. Purdue inconsistent to start the season they got it together and then the big 10 west was a hot mess i mean it was i kind of feel like it was minnesota's to win this year wisconsin was probably the favorite and it just all went straight to you know where for both those teams but tcu and usc to me are the are the most vulnerable teams but if they lose then you say five six seven tennessee's at seven they're up three so the argument you could make so here's the only argument i'm going to make Tennessee beat Alabama. Now, we know Tennessee had a couple big losses. Tennessee beat Alabama. So, Tennessee could potentially, on the strength of that, leapfrog Alabama and get back into this thing. Ohio State, I think, still could get in it. But here's the weird thing. Let's say TCU and Michigan, I said TCU and USC both lose. So, what that means is you get Ohio State and Tennessee back in this thing. So, how do you rank them? I would say Ohio State would be three, Tennessee four. So what does that give you? That gives you two rematches, Georgia-Tennessee, which we know Tennessee went to Georgia and got their doors blown off. And then Ohio State gets another shot at Michigan. So I sort of talked about this a while back with looking at the rankings. And I go, well, there's no way they could play again. But mm, this could happen. This could happen, ladies and gentlemen. But again... The safe bet right now is that all four teams survive championship Saturday. Now, remember the Big 12 last year? That was an insane game. Baylor and, and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, trying to make that last dive toward the pylon, and he was literally about a foot short, and Baylor wins the Big 12. So do we see that kind of uh, drama in this game? I mean, hey, K-State's a good team. So, potentially, we could see some drama in the Big 12 Championship. What if K-State has the juice? They could potentially upset TCU. USC, I think, is taking on Utah. And Utah, in that game, we saw what they did last year against Oregon. I think USC and Utah is going to be a good game in the Pac-12 Championship. I I mean, Utah, we can kind of say, you know, defensively, they're eh. Offensively, they're, they're good. USC, they're solid on both sides of the ball. Got Caleb Williams, who a lot of people think is going to win the Heisman. I haven't really had a chance to look at the Heisman, uh, the Heisman standings right now. I'm going to probably look at those probably tonight, and maybe we'll talk a little Heisman on Friday. But um, and it's right around the corner. I think the Heisman nods will come down. I think next week. So right around Army Navy, we'll get the Heisman, the the finalists for the Heisman. So. Um, going to be interesting to see. I think there, uh, there are definitely some obvious names in the Heisman race. 
and there I think might be one name that might surprise us all but for the most part Utah USC will be very good I think the Pac-12 the Big 12 championship will be very good but don't be surprised if the Big 12 championship will be a, a, a close affair so again there's some vulnerability there for both those teams now Utah sitting at 11 if Utah were to beat uh, USC, I, I don't see them making this big jump into the playoff. I mean, they, I think, were in a good position to get into the playoff. They lost some games they should have. So Utah, if they win, it really puts them, well, they'll be going to uh, they'll be going to the Rose Bowl more than likely. So they'll get another trip to the Rose Bowl, but they're not going to be, so they'll be in New Year's Six. They won't be um, going to the National, they won't be going to CFP. But it's, it feels like Utah is always just really, really close. And, and, and I think that's the thing that this program, you know, under Kyle Whittingham, they're just such a good program, um, doing great things. And, hey, you know, it, it's, it's always uh, something. It's, it's, it's a game of inches, as they say. Um, some coaching news here. So a couple items from coaching. So Hugh Freeze to Auburn is official. Um, I think in his remarks, he kind of talked about um, earning the trust of the Auburn faithful. So we all know how his tenure at Ole Miss ended. And so, you know, I think there will be a lot of eyes on him. But again, I think for Auburn, this is a really good hire. I mean, again, the perfect foil to Nick Saban. So it's going to, again, this Auburn Alabama rivalry is going to get real zesty starting right about now because you know they go and recruit a lot of the same kids. Um, at Georgia Tech, Brent Key gets the interim tag removed, so Jay Bat names him head coach permanently. I mean, I thought that was probably the best move. Um, Tech is kind of in a weird position, so money's an issue. Um, you know, they got to pay Jeff Collins plus. He is a Georgia Tech guy. He played offensive line. He was there for the great days of Georgia Tech football. So for him, it's just he's got to get in, rebuild his program in his own image because the guys really responded to him. He did more in this short time than Jeff Collins did in his entire tenure. So Key, the one thing that Key needs and Georgia Tech needs, they got to do a facilities upgrade. So if they can upgrade the facilities, what does that do? That really gets the recruits riled up and revved up and they're ready to come play for this guy but Brent Key the players love him congratulations to him I, I think that was a great choice for Georgia Tech um let's see uh and facilities I made a note about that um Cincinnati so I didn't really see a lot about who's up for the Cincinnati job there are a few names that I read in an article in the Cincinnati Inquirer, so we'll run through these names. Currently, the interim coach is the safeties and, I'm sorry, special teams and quarterbacks coach, Kerry Coombs. So I'm fig I figure he's going to get some consideration. So he's, you know, a lifer, knows the program, obviously, knows the Midwest, but he'll definitely get some consideration. Um, current defensive coordinator, Mike Trussell. Um, here's another name. I thought this was interesting because of the connection. Michigan's defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter. So the name, if you're a Cincinnati fan or if you're a fan of football, the last name should ring a bell. His dad, uh, Rick Minter, was the Cincinnati head coach, I think, from 93 to about 04. So, and Minter, I think he's about 38, young guy, um, hot name in coaching right now. I'm sure 
his name will come up for some other jobs, but that's an interesting little correlation there. So I was like, oh, that that would be really a good pick. You know, um, Fickle's a defensive guy, built a you know really good Cincinnati team with defense and got good offense. So I mean, lot to lot to uh, you know kind of chew on there with the Cincinnati team. Um, then you got Coach Prime. <laughs> There's Coach Prime's name again. So again, I don't have any information about the, the the Colorado thing, but remember, Prime played for the Cincinnati Reds. He played baseball for them back in the day, so he knows the city. So the question is, you know, somebody kind of said, "Hey, that would be like a nice little move to bring Prime back to Cincinnati." Now that would be pretty. That would be something. Um, now here's one name that I saw at the end of the article, and I was just like, Ugh, "Now I want to throw up." Urban Meyer. Go ahead. Take take your time. So, here's the connection. Didn't realize this, but Urban Meyer's a Cincinnati alum. He went to Cincinnati, went to Ohio State for grad school. Um, now, the other thing that's a little weird and it's kind of bothersome, it's kind of a weird, you know, this is awkward sort of thing. His sister's the vice provost of the university. I don't know if that's a good idea, you know, for, for, for a lot of reasons, I don't think that's a good idea to bring Urban Meyer into that situation. Put it this way. I've said it before. Unpopular opinion too. Urban Meyer should not be coaching football again, ever, anywhere. Okay. Not even high school. Yeah. 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 Just, 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 just let the man talk football on Fox. No, no. So, yeah, but again, people, but at the end of the article, they said, well, you know, the university president really wants somebody who has ties to the university, knows how to win. Sure, but at what cost? That's the, that's what I say, at what cost when it comes to Urban Meyer? we all know when he leaves, the fallout, it, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a dirty bomb. The fallout is pretty bad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you listening Let's get it. We are pushing towards 200. Retweet the show. Uh, suggest it. You know, do all the good things. Give me a five-star rating. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub. I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And until I talk to you on Friday, because we're going to get it on Friday, episode 191, I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Remember to take care of yourself. Protect yourself. Uh, Stay healthy, do everything you can to do those things, and also remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace.